Welcome to GVN's Talking Comics interview. On today's show, we welcome multi-talented writer and artist Tim Seeley. Tim is the writer for the new book, Chronophage with artist Elias Kiriatsis. Coming from Humanoids on February 15th. Now, here's your host, Martin Sexton. Once again, to another edition of GVN's Talking Comics Interview, I am your host, Martin, and today we have the privilege of talking to a multi-talented writer and artist, Tim Seeley. Tim is the writer and creator behind many popular titles, including the Hack Slash series, G.I. Joe, Revival, as well as some exceptional collaborations for DC Comics with Batman Eternal, Batman and Robin Eternal, Nightwing, and Grayson. His current book, though, is a mind-twisting, time-encapsulating horror book called Chronophage with artist Elias Curiosities, which is being published by Humanoids on February 15th. So let's give a warm welcome to writer-creator Tim Seeley to GVN's Talking Comics. Thanks for giving us some of your time today, Tim. How's your day going? Good, man. Thanks for having me. All right. I appreciate it. It's nice. I'm doing some drawing today, which I don't get to do very often, so, so I'm taking a little break to chat with you. Well, that's cool. And it's funny because I'm sitting here looking at your room and I was telling my wife said uh, most artists and creators, if you look in the room, it's you can almost tell that they still got some of the kid them because there's, you know, action figures. and things. That's what I got in this room. I've got uh, Woody and Jesse sitting in front of me. It's, like, it's just what we do. I'm, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. Arrested Development is, is, the, is the name of the game. So, yeah. All right. So since, like I said, since this is our first discussion, I want to talk a little background with you. Uh, so how did a kid from Wisconsin take an interest in comic art and writing and which books and creators kind of inspired you to want to do so? Uh, so I, I, the, tr the truth is uh, it, it really comes down to the electric company and Mego, I guess, really. But uh, because they used to have these Spider-Man things on the old electric company show on uh, public television. And I like Spider-Man. And so then my mom would order me a Mego set and it came with um spider-man the green goblin and robin for whatever reason it was goofed up i guess they came together and i just got kind of fascinated with those characters and then uh you know as a kid from central wisconsin there wasn't a lot to do we lived in the country uh like way out uh away from too many neighbors or anything so uh, i spent a lot of time just reading and we went camping one time and my mom uh it rained the entire time my mom took me to the camp store and bought me a stack of comics and there was a spider-man in there and a hulk and uh you know batman all that sort of stuff and um i just for some reason like I, I think i was five or six i learned how to read on those books uh and yeah so that was five i guess i learned how to read on, on them i became super fascinated with the art uh you know I, from from maybe like age six or seven i told everybody i was going to do comics for a job uh and a big part of it too is that you know that was the era of uh, the Masters of the Universe toys, and they always came with comics as well. So all those things kind of put together just made me think this was what I, what I wanted to do for a living. And I sometimes I, I, I regret uh, my young choices that I never chose. I never thought like at age five, I should be a lawyer or something, but, um, but it is what it is. And <laughs> now I've been doing comics for, I've been reading them since I was five, so 40 years. And I, I have uh, worked in comics professionally for 22 years. I can relate because, uh, you know, since I was seven, that's all I wanted to do. I wanted to be a comic artist. I wanted to work for Marvel or DC. Uh, needless to say, uh, I lived in South Haven, Michigan at the time. So the, the opportunities to do that were kind of slim. So uh, now I kind of I talk about it. So that's, that's the best I can do here. Uh, OK, so, you know, say so you do both art and writing. 
Uh, and did you at the beginning when you first started, did you favor one or the other? And uh, does it, you know, like when you're writing, does your background in art kind of profit you any or, you know, kind of give you a direction to go or vice versa uh, as far as that goes? Yeah, I think so. Um, I mean, I, when I was a kid, I didn't know the difference. I didn't really, I would make all these comics at home and I didn't really have a concept that, you know, that there was two different jobs and I just knew making stuff up was the job. And I think in, you know, going back and looking at it, the thing I actually liked was writing. Um, but drawing was the thing I could see visually. And it's also something I could do with my brothers. Like we would just sit around and draw. So, um, yeah, so I was always, I was writing and I didn't know it, I guess. And it wasn't until, you know, I, I majored in illustration and I um, uh, came out of school and did a job at a, book, a children's book company. And, you know, I, I was, at that time, you know, I was a, a afraid, I guess, to write because I didn't think I was well-trained enough. I didn't, you know, I didn't take any writing stuff in college really besides the, the standard stuff I had loaded up on art credit. So, um, but then I, you know, probably when I was like 22 or so, I just started writing stuff um, just because, so I had something to draw really, I guess. And, and then I realized I, I kind of, that was sort of the job I was probably more geared towards. Um, so, uh, you know, I, my first part of my career, I, I mostly drew, I do GI Joe and I drew a bunch of other stuff and, but I would always like slip back to writing stuff. So like while I was drawing GI Joe, I wrote Hackslash or when I was, and so far in my career, a lot of it is just like, I go back and forth. Like I, you know, if I do too much of one, I get sick of it and I go back to the other. Um, and ideally someday I would write and draw my own thing, which I've very rarely been able to do. It just never times out and takes too long. And uh, publishers tend to be kind of nervous about that sort of thing because you're putting a lot of trust in one person. So, uh, but I do think like having drawn a lot, um, does make me pretty probably easy to work with for most of my art people because I know not to give them like impossible things to draw. You know, I never ask them to draw all four walls of a, of a room. I never, you know, if I have a crowd scene, I try to make sure I balance that with like some close ups. Like I just know what you have to do to not drive someone insane. Uh, Cause it's a hard, it's a physical job, but drawing comics is a, is a very physical job. You're bent over a, a board, you know, so that, um, you know, it, it gets pretty rough. Like I, when I was 24, I had to stop for two weeks because I got uh, arthritis <laughs> in my hand. Like I was 24, you know, and I had to relearn how to draw without pressing so hard that I messed up my, you know, tendonitis and stuff. So um, yeah, it's, you know, writing is less physical demanding, but it's a lot more mentally demanding, I guess. Is, and so, you know, they both have their ups and downs. So now uh, I have talked to other writers, uh, especially ones who have, you know, did some of the, the big character, you know, like Batman, like yourself. Uh, did you ever going into like writing like Batman Eternal or whatever, did you ever feel any intimidation or pressure that you were writing for a character that was, you know, people have their expectations of what Batman can and can't do. And I know Scott Snyder has talked numerous times about how he was intimidated when he first went into writing uh, Detective because of that. Yeah, I, I should have. I didn't at the time. You know, when I first started doing stuff, I was always just like, yeah, I know it. I got it. Uh, I don't know what that. And then later now, I'm more intimidated by it. Uh, I think partially now because I I used to just sort of, I don't know, there was an obliviousness to it. I just was like, oh, I'll do a good job. It'll, it'll rock. And now I think I know too much. You know, I get feedback too often. Now it, sometimes it messes with my head. 
Um, so now sometimes I get a little intimidated, but you know, when I first started, no, I just, I was always just like super weirdly confident and, uh, convinced I was doing it the right way. And I, you know, and sometimes I was right and sometimes I was wrong, but, um, you know, I just kind of, I don't know. I was always a just head down, do it kind of person. I used to never rewrite anything. I was like, turn it in and I'd be like, it's ready to go. And then they'd send back, do you want to do lettering notes? No, I'm good. I wrote it. I knew it's good. <laughs> and I'm not like that anymore. I, I nitpick a lot more. It's weird that I went the other direction, but um, yeah, now, now I do like when I was writing Superman Lobo, I kind of froze up a couple times. Cause I'm like, oh, I'm writing Superman for God's sake, you know? And um, so sometimes it'll catch me a little bit. And to me, that makes sense that it would, again, you know, same things, you know, fans have their expectations. Uh, now, speaking of writers, you had Tom King write the forward for your new book. Uh, and, you know, he talked about the lesson that you had taught him. And it was a great piece. It kind of spoke volumes of your relationship. Uh, did you always have Tom in mind to write the forward for your book? No, uh, I didn't really know we were going to do forwards. That was um, a Mark Wade asked me if, we, if I thought we could get Tom. And I was like, uh, I don't know. How about you ask him? You're Mark Wade. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, um, but you know tom and i are, are good friends and we work together on grace and um you know we we were we were put together without it wasn't our idea our idea we were the editors were like hey what happens if we stick you guys together and uh and it worked <laughs> i think we you know we're both he's a he's a more iconoclastic sort of unique writer and now i see when i read his work now like oh i see how like you know to some degree having me on it turned it into something maybe more, I don't know, like more standard, more superhero we were. Tom, I know, would have been more in his head. And it's interesting to kind of think about, well, maybe I should have just <laughs> shut the hell up and got out of the way. But uh, but I, I just, you know, he's, he's a great person. He's a good friend. He's a great collaborator. Uh, one of the easiest people to work with I've ever worked with, which, you know, I think people might be surprised to hear that. But uh, yeah, we never fought when we worked on stuff. So you know, asking him to do a forward of a book that is more about the medium than most of my other stuff. I knew he would appreciate that. He, he really likes that sort of formalist stuff, which I, I don't do a lot of, but I did hear. So, so talking about your new book, which is called Chronophage with uh, artist, I'm hoping I'm not going to mess his name up, Elias Curiatsis. Uh So what was the inspiration for this book? And uh, could you tell us a little bit about the story? Yeah, uh, Chronophage is a, it's a horror comic book about um, a woman who gets involved with this, this, uh, this stranger, a handsome stranger, and uh, it kind of results in her, sort of her life being turned upside down, but like literally in that parts of her life disappear, like that she, she starts seeing these sort of images and they're people that she doesn't remember. But as we go through the story, realize that that's because those relationships were stolen from her uh, because this guy is a, a kind of, kind of sort of vampire, which we call a chronophage, which, literally means a uh, eater of time uh it's more of like a jokey insult uh, like to call someone a chronophage but we decided that we'd use it sort of as a uh, sort of a new kind of monster so um and it's uh, it was inspired i guess um well I'm, i i know exactly why i uh we my wife and i uh had a, a accidental baby uh we we were you know i'm 40 i'm 45 now so i was 42 and when she got pregnant and we were like surprised, right? Cause it wasn't planned. And uh, we had decided we were going to be, you know, just cool aunts and uncles and we would just like travel and do stuff. And then, uh, so I, the idea, I guess, was sort of like, you know, based a, in part on like, what would your life be without some of the choices you made? And, you know, uh, that, that kind of 
I, I think the very absolute reality that having a kid sort of changes your path so substantially in ways that you can never probably <laughs> completely imagine. And, you know, it, it, I guess my idea was if you, you're going to have doubts about that when you become a parent. And this is, uh, in this case, someone, uh, someone tries to take advantage of your doubts, you know. And like I say, it was, it's a lot deeper, you know, like I said, as I kind of got into it, you know, because it kind of deals with, you know, what kind of makes up a person's life, uh, sometimes the good and the bad, you know, you kind of need them both to, uh, that makes up the, your full life. Uh, and, uh, and of course, there's the old age out of being careful what you wish for. Uh, but uh, I, I found it quite interesting, especially when she was talking about, you know, the deal that when you look at life. Uh, as a whole, it can be complicated, but if you break it down into smaller pieces and, you know, there are some good pieces or bad, bad pieces, but you can sometimes make something better out of them. I, said, I, I, I thought it was just a, kind of an excellent message wrapped in a horror book. Yeah, thank you. I mean, I, I, I'm a big fan of horror. You know, to me, most horror stuff is about more than most people give it credit for. And I think horror really works best when it's relatable, right? I mean, you, you know... The, the thing, for instance, the John Carpenter version or the original, you know, you're talking about like, tr it's about trust and it's about, you know, uh, small spaces, all these things that people can relate to and horror works best when you relate. And, you know, uh, even slash movies, which people can sort of demean, like are really about fear of sex, right? They're, they're, they're sort of, you know, being punished for having a good time for being a teenager. And so all those things, you know, when I do a horror story, I always try to figure out, well, what is this really about? Um, and I, I hope that, you know, there's a couple of moments in, in Chronophage where I think it's pretty clear. And it's also about comics, right? Like, to some degree, it, it, it plays with the medium in a, in a way because comics is both space and time at the same time. So uh, I kind of thought it had to be a part, partly about that as well. She actually references that in uh, what she was talking to the, uh, her uh, person working with her at the store about uh, that. So that was kind of interesting. Okay, so you're working with Elias uh, on this book and you worked with him before. What made you decide to partner with him on Chronophage and uh, what, what did he bring to the table? I worked with him on a, a Crow book uh, for IDW and he just, uh, he's an amazing cartoonist. And I, and I say that like, you know, a lot of people can draw comics, but they're not cartoonists. They don't really they don't exaggerate they don't know what to exaggerate uh and elias is really good at sort of picking the best sort of emotions to portray and and i knew that he would understand you know there, there's a lot of instructions in this book about how to lay it out you know and what the panel order meant and and if, how we could read it in different ways and stuff because eventually you know she's running through sort of time itself so and i knew he would get it and i you know uh, I also knew he could do sexy, but I knew he would do it really honestly because I, I wanted it to be a book about sex, obviously, but you know, these are just normal people. Like they're, they weren't meant to be super glamorous or, you know, uh, and I think he's really, really good at that. Hey, well, he actually is. Yeah. Okay. So now, you know, and we kind of talked about it before as an artist, do you, uh, do you ever find yourself, you know, as you're looking at, you know, some of the work that you're, your collaborators are turning in. Do you ever sit there and think, okay, yeah, maybe you would, as the writer, I would like to see this done a little differently or that different, or do you try to kind of keep your artistic sensibilities out of it? I mean, I, if I really have strong feelings about something, I'll do a little sketch or I'll do a character design, um, you know, but with the, 
the knowledge that when I'm turning this over to someone and it, it's their artistic, it's their visual product. Like I, I have a lot of suggestions almost always, uh, but yeah, I, I try to like, you know, I'll make them and then I'm out. So I was like, well, here's a sketch. Here's what I think this character looks like, but you do your thing. And so, you know, we did that with, um, I did that with dark red and I did it with, uh, uh, like significant, even some of the Marvel stuff I, I work on, I'll do like character sketches and stuff. A lot of my DC stuff I did designs for, um, but you know, then it's up to the artist. I don't, I don't want to step all over their feet or I think the most fun part for the artist is usually the designing and creating. And so you don't want to take away all of that because then you're just leaving the drafting, <laughs> the technical parts, you know? All right. Okay. So, so you're working with humanoids for this book uh, and, you know, they have quite the reputation for such, you know, thought provoking types of book. Uh, how has that partnership gone? Great. Uh, it was uh, the editors there that was working their time was a guy named Rob Levin. Uh, he now works over at uh, Valiant, but at the time he and I had worked together at Top Cow and DC. Uh, and so uh, he kind of called me up and said, would you be interested for doing something with humanoids? I didn't even know they did stuff with Americans. Really, so you know, I was I was instantly interested. And he, he had he had just said to me, um, I kind of want to do something like a romantic horror story. And I was like, holy crap, I have one of those in my head because uh, I was thinking about Chronophage. Uh, so it was just sort of a kismet timing thing. Because I remember I pitched him. He he called me while we, I was walking to get a haircut, and I stopped and I was like, holy shit, Rob, I have this. And I, I knew my appointment was coming up, but I was like, I have I have this exact story, and I told it to him. He's like, oh, I think that might work. Let me let me talk to Mark. So, um, yeah, it just kind of worked out nicely. And I, I really liked the format of, like, it's not something I have done before, which is to write an OGN, to write an entire six issues at the same time, which, you know, if, if people read this one and find it to be a little bit more less chaotic than most of my stuff, it's because I didn't have to improv, right? <laughs> I mean, every time you write a monthly book, it's about 90% improvisational, so... This was like figured out, you know, I knew the ending and then I went back and I could tweak stuff earlier and, and do stuff, do stuff I could never do in a monthly comic. I say, well, it, it turned out great and uh, I enjoyed it a lot. Okay, so uh, that's pretty much what I got for you. So I wanna thank you again for your time, but before I let you go, do you have any other projects that you got going on that uh, you want our followers or can tell our followers about? And uh, where can they follow you on social media and or the web? I'm on Twitter at, at Hack and Tim Seeley. I'm on Instagram at Tim Seeley, uh, S-E-E-L-E-Y. And uh, um, yeah, I'm also, I've got a book with Marvel called uh, Gwenverse coming out, which is all the Spider-Gwen uh, story, kind of like Into the Spider-Verse. And then I've got, uh, this week is a little order cutoff for a, a book I'm doing with Steve Orlando called Loaded Bible. Uh, and it's essentially Jesus fighting Dracula. Uh, but of course, there's more to it, like most of my horse <laughs> Um, and, uh, let's see what else we got. Robbins is still coming out and, um, I've got, uh, Lobo versus Superman versus Lobo three, uh, next couple of weeks as well. Very good. Well, uh, I appreciate it once again. And like I said, we will be uh, following Chrono Faith, which comes out, I think toward the end of this month, if that's correct. Uh, uh, uh yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Uh, said uh, I, I've got the date here somewhere. I may do some editing here. Okay, but anyway, but anyway, uh, I appreciate it, and I uh, hope to talk to you again real soon. Thanks so much, man. Thank you for listening to GVN's Talking Comics. Please come back again. Talking Comics is a production of Geek Vibes Nation.